0: This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com.
1: Welcome to Radio on Wheels on Access Radio Taranaki
2: 104.4 FM. Each week we tow our mobile studio to a different location in Taranaki. We bring you local people, local stories, local events and local music. Radio on Wheels, a weekly show about your town.
3: Yeah, I've been running, I've been running all my life.
2: Kia ora and welcome to Radio on Wheels for another week. This week we are in the southern Taranaki town of Patea and our first guests today are the good folk of Aotea Utanganui, Museum of South Taranaki. I hope I've said that right. Um, welcome Luana and Tairoa.
1: Hello. Kia ora.
2: Nice to have you guys here. Actually you're not in the caravan, we've come to your space for a change so it's, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. How's things? How's, how's the whole COVID thing treating you here at the museum?
0: Um, it's been quite quiet, really. really. Um, but we are still getting a steady stream of visitors. We have at least 20 or so a week, but that's throughout the whole week. Um, unfortunately, we no longer have education classes here being offered um, because Pukehara is just we're just unable to find somebody to take over that uh, role. So if, anybody, if any schools want to come to the museum, um, can you buy? just come on over, um, let us know that you're turning up, how many of you there are, and um, and we'll see if we can uh, sort something out for you. However, just remember that we are not teachers, and if you bring your, your tamariki here, you will have to teach them. Um, we will give you what resources you need, but keep the uh, Just come along, and we will um, help you out wherever where we can. Um,
2: it's yeah. such a great little museum, though, because it's it's all sort of quite contained, isn't it? And yes. you know the displays are very self explanatory, anyway. So yes,
0: yeah, it is. And um, and we have a great archive and a uh, very small team that. We'll be able to help you out if, uh, if you need anything in the archive or at the back in any of our collection stores. We can just go kind of grab that for you and just help you out in delivering your class to your students.
2: Cool. Now, Tyro, we haven't really met you before. What's your role here? What do you do?
1: Kia ora, Access Radio listeners. Lovely to be here. Lovely to be a part of this interview. I am a casual here at the museum. And basically, I just do what I'm told to do. So, from front of house to the back of house, to installing and de-installing exhibitions, painting, and everything that you could imagine—sorry, everything that you wouldn't imagine—that you know, people <laughs> that do in museums, right? Um, and it goes, you know, on back behind the scenes. So, I mean, I've got a team of you know really intelligent and really uh, passionate people uh, that I get to learn from. So. Yeah, like I said, I'm just wherever I'm needed, I'll be there painting, whatever it is, but basically welcoming the visitors to Patea to South Tatanaki and showing them really what a special place we live in and the rich history that we have around here. Cool. And
2: and has working here sort of really opened your eyes to the history of of your town and your region?
1: I guess so. I mean I've you know, history's always been a big part of my growing up, especially growing up on the marae and learning about the different um, Māori histories and Māori stories about what's happened in the past and, you know, where we're going to in the future. But working at the museum, which I've always been a frequent visitor to, has really lifted that and expanded on my knowledge of the colonial history, of the um, settlers' history and how really intertwined both the Māori and the Pākehā histories have actually come to be. And I guess that's something people don't really see is, you know, the connection and the relationship between the two cultures and how that's um, really made part of what it is today.
2: Yeah. Very exciting. Hey, that's a good way to segue into this new project that we've just been talking about. Can you tell us a little bit about that
1: and your involvement in it? So, we've got a few ongoing projects, I must say. Oh, yeah. um, and our most recent one was the Park Kōrero, which is basically translated into Talking Box. And it was a series of mini documentaries um, that really celebrated the different organisations and the different people doing really extraordinary things throughout the district and a way to capture um, what they've been doing in their towns and, you know, show, you know, the people of the world what Taranaki is truly about and many of the great stories and um, things that people are doing around the place. But, and it really rolls into the, our newest project called Oral Histories of South Ternaki, which is basically, if you've got a great story to tell, if you've been living in the district for between 10 to 30 years or even longer, and you feel as though you've got a story to tell, we want to capture that. Why do we want to capture that? Because there are going to be children in the future generations that want to look into our past where... You know, it's not always easy to read a book. It's not always uh, the best way to learn by a video. Rather, the Oral Histories Project is basically what it says. so Mm -hmm. Recordings of people talking about their life and living in the district, uh, the different experiences they've had, the different schools they've attended, the different jobs that they've had, uh, the different shops that they've owned, the different committees that they've been a part of, and really just um, showcasing your own individual successes and uh, the different people and organisations that they've been involved with.
2: Mm-hmm. You make a good point because often people say to older people, oh man you've had such an interesting life, you should write a book. Mm. But if you've never written a book in your life, kind of in your 80s is, is kind of a big, big deal to do that. But this is a way that people can come and have these stories captured and have access to those forever, really, or make sure that their families have got access to those. Well, there's things
1: like publishing and um, a person who can dictate everything um, for you, and I guess making books is a way that we can capture those types of things, which we have done as part of other projects that we've had in the museum, but this one I truly believe it's really about capturing them in their natural state you know and not so forceful not so scripted it's really just yeah. a sit down with a cup of tea with a beautiful lady on the other end of a microphone and just really just talking about who she is what she's done in a real relaxed way and approach to getting these stories and preserving them like I said for the future generations to look upon when the time comes. Fantastic. And Access Radio Taranaki is very excited to be
2: involved in this as well to help with some of the editing, and and we'll be broadcasting some of those stories as well. So um, we'll we'll let you know when that all gets a little bit closer. And do you are you still looking for people with stories, or have you got enough lined up?
1: Well, you know, South Taranaki is has a rich culture um, of people that love to talk, really, and people who love to share their experiences and stories. So we've got about 50 um, also confirmed now, but because the project is ongoing, uh, we're really looking to just get as many as we can, um, jam them in at any time that suits both the interviewer and the interviewee, and really there's no limit to the amount of people that we want to interview because Mm -hmm. they're going to be people who have just moved into the district compared to people who have lived here from when the time of the wars, uh, the time of the closing down of all the factories around with those really personal stories I guess that you know this is going to be an ongoing project so if there is anybody out there that wants to take part or feel as though they know somebody that has a story to share, um, yeah we encourage them to get in contact with one of the team and we'll definitely be keen to have you come on board and share your stories as
0: well. Awesome, that's a very, very exciting project. You must be happy about that too, Luana. Oh, very happy, and the um, title was quite eloquent and. <laughs> yeah, and, we uh, know. <laughs> you know! That's why I just let him go, go and just have his spiel because he just pretty much said everything that needed to be said. Other than, we are also after some elderly people who can reflect or remember what their they their coma to mm-hmm. uh, but what their stories were because then we can uh, cover uh, another centenary you know past yeah and because there's one particular story that I really want to know um, in 1954 the queen came to Pathia mm-hmm. and she came with her entourage and and her train stopped at the railway station across the river and there was this huge uh, plethora of hydrangeas. I think um, we have photos of this where it's got "Welcome to here. But what are the colours of those hydrangeas? Um, because I believe that it would have been beautiful for for a, you know for the Queen to show up. But with, the only colours that we have is black, grey, and white. <laughs> we only have, um, you know, yeah. the black and white. Photographs, but if somebody was there and they remember how beautiful they were, and if they could also paint, um, that would be yeah. great for us to actually know because it's just something that I've always wanted to know.
2: Wow, that's a good point. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because, yeah. yeah. yeah, uh, see, yeah, we have black and white, we yes. don't have colour. Um, like, and what were the smells, what were the sounds, yeah. were, were the bands playing, what songs were they playing? You know, so that sort of thing. So, so when you go into old history, we want to know everything. We want you to um, make us feel as if we're there with you, experience it, it right alongside you.
2: Absolutely. So if you're listening to this and you think, oh, my granddad's got great stories or grandma or, or whoever... Um, yeah have a think about ha- have a talk to them and see if they'd be willing to share because often people don't think that their stories are particularly special um, that they just happened to be there when the queen came to visit and yeah. the pink hydrangeas were amazing or whatever but we want to know that stuff so yeah okay awesome thank you guys so much for being a part of the show today and um, we're very enthusiastic about this oral histories project and you guys off. Obviously, are as well. Any any last calls? Any any last comments you'd like to make to everyone? I just
1: basically like to thank um, the Tanaki Regional Council uh, for the funding. Um, obviously, that's a big part of making this project, uh, uh, you know, possible. So um, to the people at Access Radio, to all the people that are involved, and including the Museum Trust. I mean, they work hard. We've got some massive projects happening. We're in stage two of uh, a three-phase for the development of the museum. Um, So stage one was our current uh, museum that we're in now that you see, and when you come and visit. Stage two is a massive storage facility that the trust has worked hard to get funding for um, for phase two, which is a big storage facility. All our not junk but all of our, our really precious relics will be stored securely and safely in there and um, hopefully you know we progress into stage three which these types of things like the oral histories project, the park accorded Or and everything else that we've um, taken on board can be a part of that new um, third phase for the museum so it's really exciting times and I'd just like to thank everybody that's been involved and much appreciated to Access Radio for how we're going to be working together over these next so many months. So kia ora Yeah. Thank you, Tāra, and thank you, Luana.
2: For well, thank you. So.
3: SNO- Just have a spoon
2: To radio on wheels i'm michelle and we've um we've we've kind of kidnapped our friend jack dwyer and dragged her into the caravan kicking and screaming hi jack <laughs>
4: hello <laughs> michelle hi jack that's funny
2: hijacked, so, yeah so um thank you for for being willing to uh, pop in and see us and, oh Yeah, what's happening in Patea? What's
4: news? Well, yes, just um, put on the spot. So thinking about what our lovely long summer has brought to us. I mean, the weather's been up and down. We have had some amazing hot days. And our beach has been chock-a-block. Oh, um, that's good. Which is really brilliant. And um, we've actually had a local man here, Dean Martin, who's been teaching surfing to the kids. So um, he's been you know, quite busy on the beach with kids. And that's been good, just water skills. I think he has sort of up to eight kids at a time.
2: Is he a local
4: man? He is a local. So he's been in Patea, I think, around six years now and um, is really behind the surf club as well. So him and Ricky Harpy have got the surf club going again and um, he's involving the kids having sausage sizzles after they have surfing and putting... You know, posting on the Partier Community Facebook page so we all know what the kids are up to, and I think the parents are very supportive as well.
2: I'm sure they are, because you've got the wonderful swimming pool here that's actually free, so I'd (laughs) like to think that most people have, you know. Keen on the water and...
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there's some naturally um, good surfers and swimmers in party. You know, it's sort of a generational thing. Yeah. You see them down there and you know, oh, yes, they look like their dad. And here they are out there with the surfboard. So the pools have been really busy as well. You know, the kids walk down there. There's often no cars parked outside, but it's full. And the kids just wander down and it's open uh. till 7 o'clock at night. And um, they wander back home with their towels around their waist and looking very happy and tired.
2: Oh, that's fantastic, isn't it? That's so good. How did the beaches and everything else fare with the, the wild weather we've been having lately?
4: There's yeah, a lot of a lot of branches on the side of the Patea River and mm. big logs mm. and things. We actually have an Alton Army Women's Fitness Group and we go down to the Patea River on a Tuesday afternoons and have our work out there. And we use things like branches or stones as our weights. So oh. we don't mind that we don't have to walk far to get a decent sized branch. <laughs> and, oh, that's really cool. So it is a great little... Thing, and then we often jump in the river and have a swim afterwards. So, yeah, there has been very high flows in all of our rivers. Gives them a good flush out, doesn't well, it? Well, it does. <laughs> Mother Nature takes care of it. One day it's covered in branches and the next day they're all miraculously gone. <laughs> <be>
2: wonderful. Hey, <gasps> you just mentioned before, um, before we, we got behind the microphones... Um, it's a big year for the Freezing Works. Exactly. Wow.
4: Big yeah. year and commemorating or marking the 40 years since it closed, which is September 1982. So September this year, we'll be having a um, ceremony down at the site of the works and we're actually putting up a information board and the wording that we're using on it, it's a brief history of the Freezing Works, was um, written by Ian Church, around the time it actually closed. Ian Church is our very famous author here in Patea, who sadly died, in 2015. So we're using his words and old photos, and it will be a sort of large information sign. And then we're actually getting the Patea Freezing Works steel signage, which has the letters on it, that'll be on the gate, the old entrance gate, um, redone by McCarty and Hungers, Johnny Hunger now, who they were the sort of... Engineers of choice to the freezing works back in the day, so it's quite poignant that he's restoring these old letters. I must
2: say, I've never actually
4: been down to the freezing works site. Can you? Is, are you able to walk
2: around or not really?
4: Can you see? No, you can't really go through the gates because it's a big empty paddock now. It all burnt down, obviously, and yes. I think it was two thousand and five, and now it's a paddock owned by a private farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are three phoenix palms on the site. People often get confused because the cool stores are still there, the big concrete mm-hmm. cool stores, but that was part of the dairy industry, not the freezing works. Right. So the freezing works are completely gone.
2: Okay, i
4: always made that assumption
2: that 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 was the
4: freezing works. Yeah, no, so they're privately owned as well by another person. Um, The best way to see the freezing works is actually from the river walk, which is a one kilometre walk, which we've talked about before on the Mm. other side of the river, and you see great views across the river to where it was. And actually the Patea Community Board have recently renewed the signage on the river walk and there's photos here and information, so at each, I think there's eight spots you can stop at and um, have a look across the river, and it shows you what it was like on the information board, and then you see what it was like now. So that's a good afternoon's outing if you wanted to do that sometime.
5: Mm, sounds yeah. great.
4: Oh, and we've also, the party Community Board have also put up a directional sign which tells the directions and names of different sites around the world, Um, so it's got for example um, Auckland on one side of the sign and then Tamaki Makoro on the other and then it'll say the miles or kilometres it is to get to Auckland so that's at our Patia lookout down at the beach, so if you go up the top of the lookout you'll see this sign with blue blue signage and 12 different place names with English on one side and Māori on the other so
2: this is what I love about Patea, there's always something new happening there's always some improvement that's happening and I guess the community board has been instrumental in most of these things and um, I know we talked about the um, the po on the golf course and all sorts of things that just Ticking over, there's there's always something new to look at.
4: It's great. The people suggest them, you know, and then we help them make it happen, which is brilliant. Another thing, which with the COVID outbreak at the moment is the food bank that's going to be starting here with Ngati Ruanui and Ngapari Nui leading that. So That will be, we'll keep you informed about that, just because the elderly in particular aren't wanting to travel as far. So if they're having rough times, we're going to have this food bank that will help them out.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. So at Mm. the moment they would have to go somewhere like
4: Hawara? To Hawara, Mm. yes, yes. Mm. And so we thought, well, you know, we've got lots of people around here that are able to help out and donate goods, so it'll be nice to have a depot here in Patea when people need it. If they're unwell and off work and need something, then we want to be able to provide it right here mm, mm, right for the community well as mm.
2: always Jack you've <laughs> got lots of information about what's going on, you really do have your fingers on on the pulse don't you
4: yeah, of this community that you love, they absolutely love it lots so yeah. no, it's always good to share what we're doing, thank you for asking wonderful, thanks for being our guest today <laughs>
2: To Radio on Wheels, we've just been speaking with Jack Dwyer and then we've got another lovely local lady who's come to visit us and um, this lady works for the Taranaki, oh no, South Taranaki District Council but she's also an artist. Um, welcome, Michaela Stoneman, Arts Coordinator from South Taranaki District Council. Lovely to have you here. Tell us lovely what's, to be here. Tell us what's going on in the art world here.
5: Yeah, well, uh, it's all been, you know, everybody's experienced quite a few challenges lately with different things, um, you know, being postponed or cancelled and that kind of thing. So I'm just going to try and be positive today and say about some wonderful things that are happening and are coming up and some good opportunities um, down in the south. Um, I was lucky enough to be involved um, facilitating a project down in, uh, up in Manaya, up on the coast. it was for quite a few months last year, um, I worked with kids from Manaya Primary School and um, they designed a new mural for their pool. So um, we have a whole bunch of rural pools in South Taranaki and um, a lot of, you know, they can be, a, they're a real great meeting place for people and for families after school and the kids just love it through summer and they're really, really popular popular spots, so we thought it would be a really good spot for them to be able to um, express their themselves and, and their identity and make a really beautiful backdrop for their, their summer fun with their families. So um, they ended up designing um, a really, really beautiful kind of graphic design, which did feature the mountain, but it also featured... Um, uh trees because there's a lot of them a lot of them there in Manaya and um different um different motifs that um just really bright colorful lovely design and we've got a couple of um artists that are based in new plymouth um who've got a strong connection with Manaya to um come and help us paint the pa- paint it. so the kids all got a chance to do the painting they did all the design work they um you know, made all the big decisions about the layouts and what the content was and everything. Um, worked with a group of about 12 students from there who were really keen and a yeah, beautiful school to work for and work in. Um, so, yeah, we ended up completing the mural after quite a few different challenges with lockdowns and with the school and everything last year, um, but we managed to get it done um, in about mid-December. So... Uh, the pools opened a little bit late, but um, we're open in, in January, so it's been really cool uh, since it's been open to go there and be able to see everybody really enjoying the the new mural and um, yeah, the kids were really buzzed out to make be able to make a difference in their community and their town and to brighten up an area that they they use a lot and you know feel like it's home. So yeah, it was a really really real buzz and we're looking into. Um, maybe possibly rolling out mural projects in some of the other rural pools as well in the future. Um, it's a really good thing that we can do at the moment, and also that we were working outside. Um, that has other challenges, of course, with weather, but um, it just was um, a really good project to be doing at this time, we're keeping people safe, but um, really engaged in their community and, and creative pursuits. So that was a really positive thing that uh, came up to summer, so it was really good. Uh, coming up soon, we've got a new Creative Communities Scheme round, which um, uh, we, have, we have our own round in South Taranaki. There's also one in North Taranaki, which you can access through the uh, New Plymouth District Council website. Um, down here in the south, we have a funding round which is open now, and it closes on Wednesday the 9th of March. And it's for projects taking place from anywhere between the 8th of April 2022 and the 8th of April 2023. So um, the types of projects that um, are good for this kind of funding are um, community-based art projects that have have a really good outcome for for the community, um, obviously. <laughs> There's three main kind of um, things that they're looking for there. One is um, broad community involvement, so in a project that will create opportunities for local people to engage with and participate in the arts. Uh, Another one is diversity, so projects that support the diverse arts and cultural traditions of local communities and enrich and promote their uniqueness and cultural diversity. And also um, the other one is for young people, so projects that enable and encourage young people um, under 18 to engage with and actively participate in the arts. So anybody that's got a project that it could be visual, it could be performing arts, it could be, you know, a crossover of the two, it could be running workshops, it could be an exhibition um, that was specifically for a a type of diverse group or... um, yeah, so um, there's there's a big range of things that we fund in here. It's quite, always quite exciting to see see what comes along. Um, we have about uh, it's about twelve and a half thousand each six months to um, to distribute around South Taranaki. Um So they're not huge projects, but they might be something that um, you know cost um, where your costs are sort of Usually under under four, 5000 four, dollars, $5, um, and obviously sometimes we get lots of um, applications, and sometimes we don't get many. So um, uh, yeah, so it's definitely worth applying for for these funds to help you do a project. Um, I'm here to help anybody who might just want to talk about their project and define a little bit more and help. I can help you out with your, um, with your application forms, with your budgets, anything like that. So um, if anybody has got an idea that's floating around that they would quite like to give it a go, um, then I do encourage you to get in touch. We also have a funding coordinator through STDC who can also help. Her name's Alicia um but yeah we, we sort of work together and just help people as much as we can obviously the earlier that you get us your application or your idea or even just a little bit of content that you've got the better and we can help you get it in so the due date for that is the 9th of March uh if you go to the STDC website you can and just look up arts coordinator you'll find a whole lot of information there and links and um, all, of that, all of that kind of thing to give you a good background information about, um, about the scheme. It's funded through, it is um, Creative New Zealand funding, but it's, um, it's the community funding that is administered by, by local, um, local councils all around New Zealand. So, um, yeah, it's a really good opportunity. I've seen some amazing projects happen over the years um, due to receiving the funding. So it's really awesome.
2: Wow! So for someone who didn't have a lot to talk about, there's quite a lot in there. I just love that we live in a place where, you know, the council has an arts coordinator and and where, you know, there are access to funds for creatively enhancing your community. It's it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, definitely. It's
5: it's it's been so great um, to see see all the different opportunities that come up in all our small little towns. where people can engage in and and, and the arts, and it also just to be more visible, and um, yeah, it's really cool. We also have um, that that uh, I facilitate is State of the Arts, so it is a quarterly newsletter which comes out quarterly, <laughs> with the seasons, <laughs> and um, so the autumn edition is, um, comes out in March, so if anybody has any news that covers autumn, so March, April or May, that they would like me to include in there, I do often include um, bits and pieces from um, from North Taranaki and from Wanganui district as well, because, you know, we will get along neighbour-wise. Um, so, if I've got space in there, I can fit in. I can fit in the, a lot of things in there, um, and that gets distributed widely, um, mainly to a um, database online, but also to um, any, you know anyone who wants to sign up for it. And also, printed copies go out to our library places and our local galleries. So, um, that can include exhibitions, opportunities, art events. Um, Anything that's arts related that you'd like to share or if you'd like to get some people to join your group or um, just let people know a little bit about what you do, advertise your workshops, anything like that. All the listings are free and it's just a um, good place for people to find lots of information that's going on about um, things in the arts in South Taranaki.
2: Michaela, thank you so much for coming to join us today in, in Pātea. You always, um, I, I love the State of the Arts magazine. It just gives you a really good idea of, of all the cro- amazing people actually doing their sometimes little, sometimes big um, arts projects around the place. So, um, yeah, thank you. As always, it's been a pleasure to have you here. Awesome.
5: Thanks for having me. I'll see you next time. Bye.
3: Take a minute and relax. I ain't got because 'cause I'm riding the train. Oh, Gotta go. Yeah, I've been running, I've been running all my life, overtaking everything in my sight. Never waiting for the things to come right. I've been running.
5: This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air.